Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. You charge me with resisting arrest. Get that confidence in jail. I object. Hello, everybody. This is Allegedly Bravo. I'm Lauren. I'm the host of this podcast. And I'm a lawyer that's obsessed with Bravo and pop culture trash. Um, And that's what I talk about here on this here programming. But today, we're going to step away from the trash. And we're going to talk about a... American treasure, and that is Mr. Harvey Milk. But before I get into Harvey Milk, I just, I must talk about myself for a second. I just got back from vacation, as you guys know, because there hasn't been a new episode in like a couple weeks. Um, And my vacation was amazing. Like, I know no one, you know, no one cares about other people's vacation, but since I got your ear... Um, I went on a National Geographic tour where we toured like all these old caves in Spain and France where like the first of our species of people like drew cave art that's over 25,000 years old. And we went into these caves that, I mean, it's just so crazy. I can't even really explain it to you. You like, it's like an actual cave. I I don't know. Before before I went into a real cave, I was like, oh, a cave is just a hole in a mountain, right? Like, and it's probably boring. No, caves are so fucking cool. There's all these stalagmites and stalactites and like, they're millions of years old. Millions of years old. And it's like, you could just be looking at a mountain and you don't even know that there's a bunch of caves in there because water once ran through the mountain and it created a cave. Like, it's just, it's incredible. So I went through all these different caves like Altamira. Um, Actually, some of them were reproductions and some of them weren't. Um, And I can't really remember off the top of my head which were reproductions and which weren't. But we went to... I think Lascaux was a reproduction because no one can go in the ones that are reproductions because back in the day when the fucking boomers were out here ruining everything, they allowed people to tour these caves of like ancient art and they would let people like smoke inside the caves. So it starts ruining everything and it messes with the atmosphere and it takes off all the paint that these people left like thousands of years ago and so now there's like caves that we can't even go in because the the atmosphere is just too fragile and the caves that we got to go in were um like you had a time limit you had only 30 minutes only x amount of people could go like there was one cave where you took a train through the whole thing and then you get to like these way back parts of like into the middle of a mountain and 
you just look up, like a guide will highlight the ceiling, and there's just all these like line drawings of bison. And you're like, what the fuck? Like these people didn't even have lights. I took a train into the middle of this goddamn cave and I was scared the whole time. And we had lights and a train. Okay, these people had 25,000 years ago, they had like a little cup filled with like deer fat and a wick and they were like going around with tiny little candles and some chalk and like drawing on the inside of caves. I don't know. It's just so incredible. And I think anybody who has an opportunity to do anything like this, do it. Because I guarantee you that one day no one will be able to go in these caves because they're just way too fragile. And much like everything else, the fucking boomers have ruined the goddamn caves. And I'm sorry if you're a boomer listening and you're offended by that. Like, I'm offended by the fact that you guys smoked in caves. So I don't know what to say. But I'm back from vacation and... I've realized that I got a bunch of new listeners um, since the last time I introduced myself, so I thought I'd just do that again for you guys. I'm Lauren. Um, I'm now a lawyer. I just passed the Minnesota bar, and I'm just waiting to get sworn in. (laughs) It's going to be so fun. I wonder what I'm going to wear. I'm obsessed with pop culture. I'm obsessed with the law. I love how they're always intertwining. I mean, these housewives going to prison and... Just all of it, all of it, all of it, all of it. So I started this podcast a while ago and I had a co-host at first, but since then I've just like blossomed into a solo artist and now I'm just here at the mic talking to you by myself. And usually my dog is here too. So, and her name's Heidi. So if you like what you hear, go follow me on Instagram at Allegedly Bravo. Leave a five-star review and share this episode with your friends. Um, I think that's really, I I love sharing podcasts with my friends. I love sharing podcasts with people who are strangers to me. Like, it's like sharing a book, you know, when you finish a really good book and you're like, oh my, you have to read this. That's how I feel when I recommend podcasts to people. I'm like, oh my God, I'm obviously like a hero for recommending this life-changing set of audio for this person. Um... So it would be great if you could share this audio with your friends. And this week, Allegedly Bravo is brought to you by RecipeBase.net. I'm sure that you would agree that one of the biggest criminal behaviors is when you're looking for a recipe to make for dinner, you finally find something that sounds good, and then the author makes you read a full fucking autobiography just to find out how to make the spaghetti bolognese. Well, you can skip all of that with RecipeBase.net. If you add RecipeBase.net's chopping block to your web browser toolbar, when you're searching the internet and you find a recipe that looks good or sounds good, because you're not going to read all that mishmash at the front, just go ahead and click on the chopping block extension that you put on your browser and RecipeBase.net will just take the recipe and the instructions and send it right into your personal recipe box. It's amazing. So like today I was, I had a bunch of spaghetti and a bunch of ground beef and I was like, well, what can I make that has like pasta noodles and ground beef? So I'm going through the internet and I have a bunch of tabs open and I was like, God, I really don't want to have to like go and sift through all 20 of these now. So what did I do? I lined them all up and I pushed chopping block, X, chopping block, X, chopping block, X. And next thing I knew in my little recipe box, I had like 15 different recipes and I could look through them and say, oh, that looks good. I have all those ingredients. I don't have any of those ingredients, so I'm not going to make that. And it was so much easier than like comparing tabs and because I really liked the recipe that I made tonight for dinner, which was a really yummy red meat sauce. And it was kind of sweet because the trick to a sweet red meat sauce, by the way, is a little balsamic vinegar. Um, I can go back and I can find the same exact recipe without like searching a sweet ground beef meat sauce recipe, you know, and you're trying to find it again. Forget it. 
RecipeBase.net is making cooking easy, so head on over. They're offering a free trial subscription right now. So head over to RecipeBase.net and try out the chopping block for yourself and let me know how much you like it. Okay, let's get into the episode. This is the story of Harvey Milk. Harvey Milk was, unfortunately, he's no longer with us and we'll get into it, was an unapologetic, openly gay public official who set out to make it his life's mission to give the LGBTQIA plus their rights. Um, and it, he didn't just limit his activism to like the LGBTQ community. He was like, I'm here for all the minorities. Like if I'm trying to get one minority group rights, I'm trying to get all minority group rights. And it, you know, he was just an amazing, amazing person that like gave people hope in the government. And he was unfortunately assassinated and we will get into that. But it's June and June, as everyone knows, is Pride Month. And pride is very important to me as a straight white woman. I love pride. No, just kidding. I'm, But really it is because like I have a lot of gay people very close to me in my life. Um, my siblings, I have cousins that are gay. Like m- a lot of my family that I'm closest to are gay people. And it's really important to me that they have the same fucking rights as me. And it's almost sickening. Actually, it's not almost sickening. It is sickening to even say, like, I want my brother to have the same rights as me. It's like, what? Duh. Duh. So Pride Month is just so important because it's just reinitiating into our heads that this is so important. It is. There are so many people in this world and in this country that we live in that are ostracized just because they love somebody like come on here you have we live in a country where we have fucking presidents stealing and publishing like top secret documents and he has more rights than someone who might identify as transgender like one's a bad person and one just like wants to feel identify the way they feel inside. It's crazy. So Pride Month is important to remember these stories, remember how hard it's been for gay people to even be at the same level as straight people in terms of marriage and family rights and raising families and adopting kids and having kids themselves and, you know, all of that stuff. It's really important that we remember how long it's been and how far we've come and how very close we as Americans are to sliding backwards and actually taking rights away from people. And it's blasphemous. It's horrible. And Pride Month is the month where we all get to support our gay friends and family. And, you know, Fuck Ron DeSantis. Fuck him. I fucking hate that asshole. Okay. Well, let's get into it. I might be saying a lot of F words, by the way, because I just get like fired up sometimes. Um, You guys know this. And today I'm a little fired up. And I had a little bit of wine and I was going to not drink uh, after my vacation because, oh my God, I've never drank so much wine in my entire life. But now I'm like, oh, but it's so nice. So, um, hopefully we don't have an intervention episode eventually, but I don't think we will. So Harvey Milk is widely known and widely recognized as the first openly gay man elected to public office in the United States in 1977 when he won his seat on the San Francisco Board of Supervisors. But on November 27th, 1978, just 11 months into his taking of office, Harvey Milk was assassinated alongside the San Francisco mayor, George Moscone. 
How did we get there? Well, Harvey Milk was born May 22nd, 1930 in Woodmere, New York, into a middle-class Jewish family. His two parents were William and Minerva Milk. They founded a Jewish synagogue in New York, and they were really well-known in the community that they lived in for how engaged they were at the civic level. They were known literally for their civic engagement. Harvey was openly gay. Um, He was openly gay by the time he entered high school, which that's really brave. It's brave this day and age um, to be openly gay by the time you go to high school. Imagine in the 40s or, you know, yeah, the mid 40s. Um, That would be really difficult. But Harvey was really well liked. He was really popular and he had a huge spectrum of interests. I read a bunch of things about the stuff that Harvey Milk liked to do while he was in high school. And he was on the football team and he was into music and singing opera. And I just want to say, I would like to know and inquiring minds would like to know if Harvey Milk somehow inspired the character of Troy in High School Musical. Because much like Harvey Milk, Troy had a wide spectrum of interest ranging from music to basketball. And of course, Troy Bolton is hardly the man Harvey was um, because Troy ended up kind of being a little losery and Harvey ended up really changing the world. In college, Harvey studied math and history. He wrote a newspaper column where he discussed the issues of diversity. So we're talking like from a very core age, Harvey was out there writing about contentious things, discussing diversity, discussing how the end of the war impacted diverse people and diverse groups and really starting very important conversations. And to do that in a college newspaper, it's very, it's just so important. And I, I love hearing all the stuff that Harvey did and how much people loved him and how he opened such a dialogue everywhere he went about why don't all people have the same rights? Why don't they? Let's talk about it. Let's put it in the newspaper. Let's talk about it in high school. He was never afraid to talk about things that a lot of other people were afraid to talk about. He graduated college in 1951 and joined the Navy. 1951. I just want to remind everyone that Brown versus Board of Education, the integrated schools, wasn't even decided until 1954. So these are very big conversations that are being had way before, you know, America's even ready to push the subject. It's very admirable. Um, After he graduated the college, um, With his degree, he joined the Navy and he was based in San Diego as a diving instructor. Obviously, San Diego is the best place ever. And when I went to law school down there, there's a whole area um, that's so fun. And they had this big restaurant called Harvey Milk's and it was like a big diner. And it's just so fun and a wonderful place to be. Everyone should go down to San Diego, the Hillcrest neighborhood. Harvey Milks isn't there any longer. The last time I went, it wasn't anyway. But the whole neighborhood is very, it's like a gay neighborhood. And all the bars are gay bars. And it's just like the most fun place you could ever be. So head down to San Diego, go to Hillcrest and just have some fun. Um, After the military, he was like, I'm so done with this. Sorry, because you guys... Well, what happened was he resigned from the military in 1955 because he was officially questioned about his sexual orientation. And as we know, there's all this stigma that came out of fucking someone's a-hole from the military that was like, if you are gay, you can't be in the military, which is just the biggest load of shit I've ever heard in my life. Like, come on. What is the reason what is the reason? Um, so after he was questioned about his sexual orientation, he was like, fuck you guys, I'm out of here. And he resigned from the military and he went to go be a public school teacher in New York City. And this is really important. It really makes an impact on him um, 
for work that he does later on in his career. While he was a public school teacher, he also produced Broadway musicals, including Jesus Christ Superstar, which is really good, and Hair. It wasn't until the 60s and 1970s when Harvey became more political. Um, Literally, besides writing an article in college on diversity uh, after the war, now you're going to be more political. I mean, I just don't understand what could be more political than writing about political topics all through college. So I did think that that was a funny sentence that was notated in my research. Um, because I feel like Harvey was political his whole life, but I guess, I guess he was more publicly facing politically. I don't know. But during the fifties and the sixties, the FBI and local police departments all over the nation would keep files on gay activists and the U S postal service would keep track of addresses And the state and local governments passed laws shutting down any bars that catered to homosexuals. Um, They would even go do sweeps of neighborhoods to get rid of gay men and women from the neighborhoods. Like they'd come do raids and all this stuff. So this is a very, should sound very familiar to you. These are very targeted attacks by the police and the FBI keeping files on gay activists keeping tabs of addresses. By the way, the USPS, the Postal Service, would know if you were or assume whether the resident was gay or not based on whatever mail they were receiving. So you could just receive a piece of mail and all of a sudden, like the government has you pegged as some, I don't know, someone that you're not, like putting evil on you when you're not evil. It's just really scary and it's been something that's been going on since the 50s and the 60s so it really shouldn't be a surprise to anyone when we hear things like the government's keeping tabs on people because they've been doing it anyone who has anything to say any activist they've been doing this for years um harvey milk began to attend demonstrations and advocate against the vietnam war he was always standing up for people and trying to be against the violence and really was not a big fan of war, which should not surprise you. In 1972, Harvey Milk moved to San Francisco with his boyfriend slash partner, Scott Smith, and they opened a camera store together in the Castro neighborhood. So the Castro neighborhood is where the gay community was quickly making a neighborhood. Castro is to San Francisco as Hillcrest is to San Diego. Um, But I would even say Castro is like very well known throughout the nation. Um, It's also a really fun place to visit. If you haven't been to San Francisco, uh, put it on your list and go to the Castro neighborhood and you'll have a lot of fun. There's a lot of really great shopping, really fun stores, really good bars, really great food. Um, And a lot of that is thanks to Harvey Milk. In the 1970s, there was a really, it was a tumultuous decade for the LGBTQIA rights movement. Um, Like, for example, in 1969, the New York police raided a gay bar in New York City. But this time, because we know they were doing raids, we know they were doing sweeps, and we know that local police, their intention was to out all these gay people and make sure that they were no longer in this neighborhood. But this time, instead of running away, the gay community was like, fuck you. No, you can get out of our bar, actually. You dweebs, you big narcs. And they protested their rights to visit gay bars. And these riots became known as the Stonewall Riots. These Stonewall Riots brought to light like not just how unequal gay people were and are treated in society but also it led to the public exposure of police brutality it really brought to the forefront like hey police are maybe not always looking out for the best interests of people we have police forces targeting groups of people and doing acts of brutality on them and The Stonewall Riots really helped to expose that. 
And it was one of the biggest, maybe if not the first, it was one of the biggest exposures of police brutality. From the Stonewall riots, the Gay Liberation Front was organized, which became and is the first gay rights organization in the United States. Also in the 1970s, specifically 1977, Anita Bryant led a six-month campaign that successfully rolled back gay rights ordinances in Dade County, Florida. Um, And it started a trend in other cities who were following suit and were repealing, actively repealing, anti-discrimination protections for gay and lesbian people. And basically making it okay for the government and for other businesses to discriminate against gay people simply for being gay. That's all. So Harvey Milk was like, okay, listen, we're in Castro and I'm new here, but I'm really loving it. I'm running for office. So Harvey, for the first time, runs for San Francisco Board of Supervisors about a year after he first moves to San Francisco. So I think that's like 1973. And unfortunately, he lost the race, but he didn't get off the horse. Harvey was like, uh, I'm going to get back on the horse again, actually. Thank you. So in 1973-ish, around there, there was a big issue where some of the straight merchants in San Francisco were trying to prevent two gay men from opening their own businesses. And Harvey Milk and some others other business members in the community were like, excuse me, merchants, you can't be coming around here trying to prevent people from contributing to the economy and feeding their family and operating their businesses just because they're gay. That's ridiculous. So Harvey Milk and some of the other members of the business societies, I guess, in San Francisco Castro area founded the Castro Village Association. The Castro Village Association is the nation's first organization of predominantly LGBTQIA plus businesses. And Harvey really leaned into this and he was like, listen, we actually should get more people coming to Castro and more people buying things from gay people and gay business owners. And he really thought like, let's expose everybody to everything and once everything's you see everything's like normal maybe you'll get over your homophobia um so he decided we're gonna help attract customers to the castro area and harvey milk organized what was called the castro street fair this was all just as your average everyday citizen because he wasn't you know getting elected he didn't get elected in 1973 Well, we know he wouldn't get off the horse, so in 1975, Harvey again ran for San Francisco City County Supervisor, and this time he lost again, but barely. The guy who won mayor was named Mayor George Moscone, and he was a very close friend of Harvey Milk's and an ally to Harvey Milk and the gay community, and he appointed Harvey milk to San Francisco's board of permit appeals. So even though he didn't win an election, he got appointed, um, to the board of permit appeals and he got to do some good stuff. He got to act in a government role and really like do, do some shit. So his third election, Harvey files candidacy papers for the state assembly and it just, it doesn't go as planned. Okay, so he's like, um, I'm still not going to quit. At this point in time, hatred towards gay people was really, really, really high. Um, And Harvey was receiving daily death threats. He ended up making several versions of his will that he recorded um, that were supposed to be, quote, read in the event of my assassination. And in one of the tapes, he says, quote, if a bullet should enter my brain, let that bullet destroy every closet door. It's like he knew he was going to be assassinated because he was standing up for what he believed in. Harvey Milk was 
eventually assassinated. And at the end of the episode, I'll I'll add in the clip that he wanted played in the event of his assassination. It's about five and a half minutes, and uh, it'll just destroy you. Um, so I'll play that at the end of this episode, so stay tuned. But Harvey was a really forward thinker. He realized that, you know, maybe I'll have more success in this election if the voters in the Castro area elected me to a position. I mean, they were, he was basically known as like the mayor of Castro anyway. Like people loved Harvey. He was like, you know, walk down the street, look, it's Harvey, you know. So he worked with the mayor and his campaign manager to pass an amendment that replaced at-large elections for Board of Supervisors to district elections. And because of that, his fourth election it, that he ran for office in 1977, he, he won this bid and was inaugurated as the San Francisco City County Supervisor. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. On Harvey's agenda as San Francisco City County Supervisor, he was like, I want to protect gay rights. He wanted to establish daycare centers for mothers so they could go earn an income if they wanted or just like have a place to help them take care of their children. He wanted to convert military facilities into low-cost housing He wanted to reform the tax code to attract industry because at that point in time, San Francisco had a lot of empty buildings um, from industry going out of San Francisco. And he was like, we can reform the tax code and, and we can attract industry. And he advocated for strong, safe neighborhoods and he wanted to improve library services and community policing. California was having yet another election because they seem to happen all the time everywhere, which is great, but also would love a break every now and then. Um, Harvey was opposing what was called California Proposition 6. And California Prop 6 was on the ballot, and that proposition, if it had passed, would have mandated the firing of all gay teachers in public schools. So every single teacher in a California public school that identified as gay would have been mandatorily fired from their job simply because they're gay. No other reason. They could be the best teacher at the whole school, teacher of the year a million times, and no matter what, they would end up fired, mandated, fired because they were gay. And then, of course, if you're fired because you're gay, when you go apply to another job and they say, have you ever been fired? You have to be like, yeah, I was fired. Why? Why were you fired? Because I'm gay. Okay, so now you're forcefully outing people. I mean, it was just, thank God it was defeated. Thank you to the work of Harvey Milk and all the people who oppose this bill. And he said when this was passed or defeated, Harvey said, gay people, we will not win our rights by staying quietly in our closets. We are coming out to fight the lies, the myths, the distortions. We are coming out to tell the truths about gays. 
for I am tired of the conspiracy of silence. So I'm going to talk about it and I want you to talk about it. You must come out. So Harvey Milk, he pioneered all these coalitions between diverse groups of people, not just gay people. He was putting together, you know, women and men to say, you two, like, let's talk about how we can bridge a gap here, you know? Um, He put together Teamsters and gay bar owners, and he brokered a pledge from the Teamsters that the Teamsters would hire more gay drivers to run their delivery services. And in return for hiring more gay drivers, the gay bar owners would stop selling, or not selling, stealing beers from certain distributors when when the drivers were striking. There's this whole issue where the drivers were striking and leaving the beer trucks unattended. And the gay bartenders, and slash every bartender, but in this case, the gay bartenders, were like, oh, free beer for us. Let's sell it at our bars. Like, we got to make money somehow. And um, Harvey was like, great, let's broker a deal. We'll fix this issue of you not having drivers because you're going to hire more gay drivers. And the gay bars will promise not to steal beer from you. Okay? And everyone was like, wow, that's so fair. I love that. Thank you, Harvey. Let's shake on it. Then he co-sponsored a pooper scooper ordinance that required all the dog owners to pick up after their dog. So when your dog shits on the lawn, you gotta, you gotta scoop the poop. And that's all thanks to Harvey. I mean, there is just so much we have to thank this man for. He also spearheaded a bill to ban discrimination in employment, housing, and public accommodations based on sexual orientations. And this is one of the strongest gay rights measures to date. Okay, this bill to ban discrimination. So before this bill had passed, before Harvey spearhead this bill, people and the government was allowed to discriminate against you. Like, oh, you're gay? We're not going to rent to you. Oh, you're gay? You don't get to have a job here oh, you're gay, sorry, no welfare, or whatever it was. Like, And Harvey was like, enough is enough. We're taking some control here of this chaotic, losery situation, and we're just going to smooth it out. We're going to just say no more discrimination. Easy as that. Simple as that. And this bill passed with only one dissenting vote. And that vote was from a man Supervisor Dan White. Dan White is also the man who assassinated Harvey Milk. Dan White was described in many an article as a disgruntled former city supervisor. But what I would call him is a bigot and a homophobe and a murderer. Um, But disgruntled former city supervisor must be better for SEO. So this idiot reigned, uh, I'm sorry, resigned from his post as disgruntled former city supervisor and then asked the mayor, actually, sorry that I resigned. Can you actually just reinstate me? And the mayor was like, no, you resigned. You're not going to be reinstated. Like, we're not just going to be like, yeah, come back, Dan, you big disgruntled dope. So the mayor was like, no, you're done. You quit. You're done. Well, Dan, who's disgruntled and a bigot, became even more pissed because his natural state seems pissed because he's like, the hope of me returning to the board of supervisors was denied. Get a fucking hobby, dork. I'm sorry. Get a hobby. So what did Dan do? Dan snuck into City Hall. Is it snucked or sneaked? I don't know. He snuck into City Hall through a basement window. And he was like, you know what? I'm going to go through the basement window because I'm going to bypass the metal detectors. And he did just that. Why go through when you can go under? So he went through the basement. He knew where everything was because he's a disgruntled state supervisor. 
Does this sound familiar to you guys? Disgruntled people mad that they didn't get what they wanted, so they go into a government building and start killing people or trying. It should sound familiar to you, like maybe something that happened on January 6th. History simply repeats itself. It just does. So this oaf went into the mayor's office and shot the mayor and killed him, and then walked down the hall and shot and killed Harvey Milk. But... This disgruntled loser was convicted of voluntary manslaughter and not first-degree murder. So the difference here is first-degree murder, it's like you intentionally caused the death of someone. You kind of thought about it. You planned it. You had a plan. You acted on your plan, and now someone's dead. That's first-degree murder. Voluntary manslaughter is like you were, like, impassioned. And in the heat of the moment, you, like, killed someone. Which I'm sure we've all, I mean, I've never been in that situation. But I'm sure we've all seen a movie where someone's been in a situation like that. That would be voluntary manslaughter. I don't understand how someone could not be found as deliberately planning and intentionally killing someone when they went through a basement and had a plan to bypass security so that they could commit Two murders. And there has to be no cooling off period. So, like, if for voluntary manslaughter, you have to be, like, immediately and, like, you're so mad. And just in the heat of that madness, you kill someone. Instead of, like, you're so mad. And so then you go home and you, like, calm down a minute. And then you get re-mad and then you kill someone. That's not voluntary manslaughter. It has to be, like, while you're fucking pissed. Okay? First degree murder is, and then you cooled down. And then you went and killed someone. So I don't know about you, but I feel like if you're mad at someone and then you sneak into their office and then kill them, that feels like a after a cool down period, intentional, deliberate planned killing. So people were really pissed that he only got convicted of voluntary manslaughter and not first degree murder. Dan White. Now this blew my mind because I don't know what short-circuited in my brain that I didn't know or forgot this. But Dan White's attorney put on a defense for Dan White, the assassin. And that defense is what's famously known as the Twinkie defense. And in that defense, his attorney, Dan White's attorney, argued that Dan had just eaten way too much junk food the day of the killings. And he was so sugared up, it made him lose his fucking mind And because he was high on sugar, he could not be held responsible for his crimes. Like, he couldn't have possibly deliberately went and intentionally killed someone because he just, he just, he overate. Well, whatever glue Dan White's attorney was secretly feeding to the jury, they believed every last bit of that defense. And they were like, you know what? You're right. He can't be held responsible. We're just going to give him voluntary manslaughter. Well, boy, oh boy, oh boy, this caused riots to break out in the gay communities. Dan White was sentenced the day before what would have been Harvey Milk's 49th birthday. And when this news came out on the eve of Harvey Milk's would have been birthday, what was known as the White Knight riots broke out. And it wasn't White Knight like K-N-I-G-H-T, like a guy who wears a bunch of metal on a horse. This is like... N-I-G-H-T, like not day, but night. So the white night riots broke out. Um, The citizens were lighting police cars on fire, which also should sound familiar to you. Um, And they stormed City Hall, which seems easy considering some guy can just sneak through the basement and kill two people. I'm sure it was not hard to storm City Hall. But then the city retaliated and the officers began to raid the Castro area and they began to vandalize gay businesses and they just beat people on the streets. And this was just like on TV. Does that not sound familiar? Do you guys remember the 2020 Black Lives Matter protests when we'd be watching the news and then all of a sudden like a minivan would pull up and like take someone away? Where did those people go? Did they ever come back? 
after they were taken away in those vans? And where did they go in the vans? I have very many questions left over from that whole thing. And I just want to know if you or someone you know was there at the protest and taken away in a van, like, can you DM me? Because I, I, something bad happened and I don't, I want to know because I don't want this to happen to anyone else. Like I'm going to take, I'm going to take some inspiration from Harvey Milk and I'm going to ban minivans. But, but even more importantly, because I'm going to ban them from stealing people. You know, minivans have gotten a really bad rap for stealing people because it's like, and you know what it is? It's fucking losers. Like, oh, so now you're just going to like get into a van and like steal kids and drive away with them. Oh, free puppies. And same with, with these vans who are picking up protesters. It's like, you guys are giving vans a really bad rap because I've been in some minivans that have like vacuum cleaners in them and like movie theater seats and like, you know, step down things that like come out when you open the door, like Tesla level minivans. And, um, I would also say the bigots and the criminals have ruined minivans as well, but I think we should take that power back too. Dan White spent only five years in prison. Only five years in prison. And then after he was released, about a year after he was released, he took his own life. So now this person is responsible for the death of three people. um, Two really great forward-thinking people and himself. So Harvey Milk was awarded the Medal of Freedom from President Barack Obama on August 12, 2009. That's a while after he was assassinated. Um, but since his death, Harvey Milk's legacy can be found all over in all of the gains that the LGBTQIA community has experienced, including, um, the Supreme Court ruling that recognized same-sex marriage as a legal right. Um, in 2018, the United States had a record number of openly gay, lesbian, and transgender candidates that were elected to public office, and this was known as the Rainbow Wave. Um, that was really a fun time to be alive when the Rainbow Wave came through and there was like representation representation for people of all kinds in the government. It was great. And Harvey Milk once said, quote, If you help elect more gay people, that gives a green light to all who feel disenfranchised, a green light to move forward, because if a gay person makes it, the doors are open to everyone. This year, Governor Newsom, which is Governor Gavin Newsom of California, proclaimed Harvey Milk Day on May 22nd, 2023 in California. That's so great. But today, the gay community faces some of the same discrimination that Harvey Milk fought against throughout his whole life. There are state lawmakers that are drafting bills that are directly targeting the rights of lesbian, gay, bi, transgender people. For example, there are bills out right now waiting for signature and approval in Florida, Indiana, Iowa, Kentucky, North Dakota, Rhode Island, South Carolina, Texas, and Utah that will and do attempt to limit a citizen's ability to update their gender information on their IDs, birth certificates, and driver's licenses. Like, why? That's just to hate people. Because they're... You should be able to update your information on your birth certificate, on your driver's license. If I got married and changed my name, I'd be able to change my name on my driver's license, all of that. So how come this person who doesn't identify now, for example, as a male, has outwardly identified as a female? Um, Now if they're pulled over and their driver's license says male and you have some bigot cop, like that's just going to cause even more problems. It's absolutely just putting people in in the risk of being discriminated against and targeted and really like persecuted for being who they are. Um, 
there have been 15 laws since 2022. 15 laws have been enacted that ban gender-affirming care for transgender youths. Okay, let's talk about gender-affirming care for a second. Gender-affirming care doesn't necessarily mean a hormone treatment or a pill regimen or a surgical change of any sort. Gender-affirming care can be something like It can be allowing your child to experiment with the length of their hair. Maybe your child is like, I want to shave my head. Okay, let's shave your head. Let's, you know, help you feel more yourself. We'll shave your head. That's gender affirming care. It's going to therapy and talking about it with a therapist. It's even, oh, and it's just for transgendered youth because want to know what else is gender affirming care? You're fucking Rogaine, okay? So the next time your uncle, your weird uncle is like, I don't like gender-affirming care. It's like, then fucking throw out your Rogaine and just go bald, okay? Laws have been passed that restrict diversity, equity, and inclusion trainings or programs. So now even... In some places, if you wanted to have a training on how to treat people equal and how important diversity is and how to include people and work with people and be a more dynamic group, they're like, no, you actually can't do that. That's now against the law. And if you do put on an inclusion training or program, you're breaking the law and you're going to be arrested for that. That's fucked up. Iowa has a bill right now that's waiting for signature that would ban classroom discussions that touch on LGBTQ plus topics in K through sixth grade. Let's talk about discussions that touch on LGBTQ topics. What could that possibly be? Marriage? So are we banning all conversations that go around all forms of marriage or just gay marriage? Are we talking about the importance of safe sex? That goes on in LGBTQ marriages, and those are topics that include gay people. Now you can't have a classroom discussion on how to have safe sex. Where's the line? These are purposefully vague and purposefully criminalize a lot of different speech. A lot. It even censors information about HIV and AIDS from required curriculum standards. Like, I remember in like sixth grade or something, we had this whole, more than just in sixth grade, but specifically in sixth grade, we had this whole course on like, what is a testy and what's a vagina and what's AIDS and what's HPV and how do you get genital lice, you know? And so now it's like, oh, so they're just never going to, instruct children on what HIV and AIDS is and how it can be prevented and how it's not no longer the death like sentence that it used to be and destigmatize that that's ridiculous they're purposefully extracting something that is important not just to the gay community but a sexually transmitted disease that impacts a lot of people but especially the LGBTQ community It's saying we can't even talk about that. What the fuck? In Texas, Governor Abbott, who's an asshole, ordered that licensed professionals and members of the general public, that's any Karen on the street, all licensed professionals and members of the general public are ordered to report the parents of transgender minors to state authorities if it appears that the minors are receiving gender-affirming medical care. If it appears to Karen down the street that you, as a parent, are in some way giving gender-affirming care to your child, Karen down the street is ordered and empowered to report you to the authorities. That is ridiculous. 
So I implore you to follow in Harvey's footsteps, get involved at the local level, and we need to help enact change in our our local communities because it's these small small elections that get people into like these big positions. Like look at Harvey, he got elected at his neighborhood level of Castro and he took that position and he changed so much, so dynamically, having one of the strongest ordinances protecting gay people from discrimination that's still standing today because he got engaged at his local level. Um, I just think it's important that we talk about this stuff and I'm so happy to celebrate Pride and I hope that we continue to celebrate Pride and I'm going to do everything in my power to continue to celebrate Pride and I won't necessarily be taking any feedback from anyone who doesn't support Pride. So if you have something negative to say, you can just turn around and shove it up your hoo-ha, okay? Now it's time for my criminal behavior. For those of you who don't know, criminal behavior is the thing that just fucking is your pet peeve um, no matter what. And I had one, and the one that I had was I hate when people at concerts are too drunk. Like, I was at the Taylor Swift concert, and like, I please, by all means, have a good time. Do some, you know, smoke some weed, get get a little drunk. But when you're too drunk, you've now ruined it for everybody. You've ruined it for yourself. You can't remember what happened. You're, like, talking to weird people in the bathroom line. Like, your friends are looking for you, and they're not, you know, necessarily watching the concert anymore. It's just too much. It's just too much. It was going to be that, but then I changed it. And so I'm going to have two criminal behaviors. And my second is people who show up places like sick. I'm sorry, but in this day and age, you just can't like you please don't show up to my house with a wet cough. Don't do it. It is so criminal. Like, go to jail. Go to jail. Sit in an isolation cabin because you cannot be coming into my house with a wet cough in this day and age. First of all, even if you're like, oh, it's an old cough. Okay. Well, I'm not trying to have an old cough in a couple weeks. Keep it to your fucking self. I have work. I have to get to work. I can't be working with a runny nose and a wet cough. It's so inconsiderate. So I just think my kernel behavior has to be people who show up for a wet cough. And honestly, now I can, now I'm kind of on a roll. I could do a criminal behavior, like a lot of criminal behaviors. For example, I just got off an airplane a couple days ago and one of my criminal behaviors is like, stop farting up there. Stop it. And I know that people that I love and trust are farting up there too. And I need you to stop it. Stop farting in airplanes. It's so rude. Why do I have to be trapped three miles above the air, however many miles above the earth's crust we are, with your fucking fart? I, I, nobody deserves that. Actually, you know who deserves that? Governor Abbott. Fart in his airplane, not in mine. Okay, everybody. Well, thanks for listening. Happy Pride. Um, I love you and stay tuned because I'm going to play for you the last words of Harvey Milk. This is Harvey Milk speaking from the store on the evening of Friday, November 18th. This is to be played only in the event of my death by assassination. I fully realize that um, a person uh, who stands for what I stand for, an activist, gay activist, becomes the target or the potential target for somebody who is insecure, terrified, afraid, or very disturbed themselves. Knowing that, 
I could be assassinated at any moment, at any time. I feel it's important that some people know my thoughts. Uh, and so, following my thoughts, my wishes, my desires, whatever. And uh, I'd like to pass them on and have them played for the appropriate people. The first and most obvious and most concerned is that if I was to be shot and killed, the mayor has the power, George Moscone, of appointing my successor on the board of supervisors. So I would like to have him know what my thoughts are. I have never considered myself a candidate. I have always considered myself part of a movement, part of a candidacy. I considered the movement the candidate. And I think that I wish I had time to explain everything I did. Almost everything was done in the eyes of the gay movement. The other aspect of this tape is the obvious and is what should happen if there is an assassination and that is cannot prevent it some people from getting angry and frustrated and mad, but I hope they would take that anger and frustration and madness instead of demonstrating or anything of that type. I hope they take it to positive and I hope five, ten, a hundred thousand would rise. I'd love to see every gay doctor come out. I'd love to see every gay lawyer, every gay judge, every gay bureaucrat, every gay architect come out. Stand up. Let the world know that would do more to end prejudice overnight than anybody could ever imagine. Urge them to do that. Urge them to come out. It's only that way we start to achieve our rights. I hope there's no religious services, whatever, but God, first of all, I hope there'll be no services of any kind whatsoever. I know some people are into that, and you can't prevent it from happening. They want to happen, but by God, nothing religious. I mean, until the churches break out and say, the Anita Bryans have been playing gymnastics with the Bible, until the churches, which remain so quiet, have the guts to get out and speak out in the name of Christianity or Judaism or whatever they profess, No services whatsoever. If anything, maybe just play that tape to Briggs and I, which is somewhere in the cabinet in the back, our cabinet. Just play that tape to Briggs and I over and over again, so people know what an evil man he is. So people know what I have is like. People know the seeds of hate come from so that people know what the future is going to bring if you're not careful and that's all I ask that's all I ask for a movement to continue for a movement to grow because Last week I got that phone call from Altoona, Pennsylvania. In my election, gave somebody else, one more person, hope. And after all, that's what it's about. It's not about personal gain, not about ego, not about power. It's about giving those young people out there now to the Pennsylvania's hope. Gotta give them hope.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.